events for one year in March, they will not have been allowed to meet inside of their building. Um, could you imagine that now? Praise the Lord, they don't have snow outside, so that is a benefit for them, but they're, they're sweating. I mean, there's, and, uh, and, you know, imagine 75 degrees. You know, you're thinking, oh, 75 degrees, that'd be great right now, but think about summertime and humidity and, and setting outside in a tent, uh, and then when it does rain and all of the uh, just little things that you don't think of, and uh, they're running their college classes that way, their church, everything is all outside, inside in tents. And so um, that's uh, just continue praying for them. It is, there was a, a court case. Uh, the Supreme Court did rule for the state of California that, that churches could meet. However, it is a local issue. It is a county issue uh, that Brother Jack Treber is in. So that's why it's different from the rest of the state. Uh, they're in local courts trying to get things situated, and it's just a mess. So continue to pray for them, and I know that they will appreciate it. And I, 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 I was, as I talked to them, I thought, man, I am so grateful. Uh, I am grateful to the Lord that we did not have any of those issues. We were uh, allowed to meet, and, uh, and so I am super grateful for that. Proverbs chapter number 25. Last week we looked at royal advice. This week we're going to look at neighborly advice. And uh, remember, when Jesus was here on the earth and was talking with a certain lawyer, that lawyer, uh, he said this, the Bible says this, willing to justify himself, asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? He was trying to get out from, uh, well, who's my neighbor? You know, the lawyer, he's going to pick apart every word and he's going to say, well, define that for me. And uh, Jesus went on to give the parable of the Good Samaritan. And uh, it's recorded in the Gospel of Luke in chapter number 10. And the point of the parable is that everyone you come across is your neighbor. And, uh, and so we need to take that heart to heart and think about that tonight. As we look at neighborly advice, it is good for your next door neighbor uh, that lives beside you, as well as really anybody that you would come into contact with. Uh, that would be, uh, this would be advice that would be good for that as well. Not only that, but as I was thinking about neighborly advice, uh, I thought about the phrase uh, that the Bible repeats very often, love thy neighbor. Uh, and Jesus said it several times in the New Testament, love thy neighbor as thyself. Uh, first commandment is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. And the second commandment, he said, is like unto this, that thou love thy neighbor as thyself. And it's repeated over and over in Romans chapter number 13. In verse 9, you can jot it down, Romans 13, 9, it says this, For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then he goes on in verse 10 and says, Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And uh, I just thought those verses, there's so much neighborly advice throughout the Word of God uh, that we, we should certainly take it to heart and, uh, and consider it. And tonight as we look at Proverbs, we'll look at some practical advice and how you can love your neighbor as yourself and show signs uh, or show uh, that love of Christ rather and that Christian perspective on neighbors. Proverbs 25 and verse number 8 the Bible says this, Go not forth hastily 
to strive, lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof, when thy neighbor hath put thee to shame. Debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself, and discover not a secret to another, lest he that heareth it putteth thee to shame, and thy infamy turn not away. And let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity that we have, Father, to study your word and to look into your word. God, I pray that you'd use me. God, I pray that you would touch hearts as only you can. And Father, we ask that you would uh, help each and every person. Uh, God, that we would take this to heart. And Father, that we would be good neighbors uh, to those that are around us, Father. And we'll thank you for that. God, I pray that all of this in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this, of course, the idea is uh, that we would be good neighbors. And, uh, and I want you to remember this too. More than likely, probably everyone in this room, your neighbor needs the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and he is going to, uh, they are going to watch your life and they, they know who you are. They know when you come and when you leave uh, and, and things of that nature. And, and they probably know... Well, every Sunday that guy leaves and he comes back and he's wearing a, a tie or he's dressed up and he looks nice and, and that's a testimony. And so that's certainly a good thing. And so this will, this will help us in our testimony. The Bible here says, uh, and I want to point this out as well, uh, in the book of in Proverbs chapter number 25, uh, the word neighbor is used uh, more times than any other uh, chapter in, in the book of Proverbs. Uh, there was a couple other chapters in the Bible that talk about neighbor more uh, in the law. I think it was Deuteronomy, if I remember correctly, and a couple other verses. But, um, uh, but, but here in Proverbs, uh, neighbor is used more frequently than any other chapter uh, of the book of Proverbs. As a matter of fact, it's only used in, uh, I think it was four other chapters uh, in the entire book of Proverbs. So it's not real common, but it is concentrated here. As we look at this verse in verse number 8, the Bible says this, Go not forth hastily to strive, lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof, when thy neighbor hath put thee to shame. Um, and so I, got, I put down here for verses 8 through 10, uh, strive not. So these are things that we should not do uh, with our neighbor. And the first thing was strive not. In other words, uh, we should not be rapid uh, or make haste uh, to go out and, 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 and strike up an argument with our neighbor. Uh, some people, uh, are, are, they have a short fuse, we'll put it that way. And, uh, and some people just have matches and they like to light that fuse. It just, that's just the way life is. And so we as Christians, the Bible teaches about being long-suffering and we need to uh, learn patience. And listen, I know sometimes it doesn't come easy. Uh, for some people, it's easier than for others. Uh, and some people have to work at it a little more. Uh, but I'm saying this, the Bible does very clearly tell us, go not forth hastily to strive. Uh, and there is, there is uh, a lot of wisdom in setting back and thinking, you know, what, what am I going to do? Uh, and, and not just jumping in. Look with me, save your spot here in Proverbs as we'll be back here, but look with me in Second Chronicles chapter number 35. Second Chronicles chapter number 35. And King Josiah, King Josiah was uh, ascended to the throne when he was only eight years old. 
And he was a godly king, by and large. Uh, the things that he did, uh, he sought after God and, and many of the things that he did. But here in 2 Chronicles chapter 35, uh, we have an, a, a, a story that just really encapsulates the idea of, of rushing into a, uh, a war or rushing into a dispute uh, without stopping and thinking about it. Second Chronicles chapter number 35 and verse number 20. It's just a short story. There's only four verses here. But the Bible says here in 2 Chronicles chapter 35 and verse number 20, After all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, came up to fight against Carchemish by Euphrates. And Josiah went out against him. But he sent ambassadors to him, saying, What have I to do with thee, thou king of Judah? I, came, I come not against thee this day, but against the house wherewith I have war. For God commanded me to make haste, forbear thee from meddling with God who is with me, that I destroy thee not." So let's go back to verse 20 real quick. I'm not going to read all the names, but understand this, that, uh, that Josiah had, had finished preparing the temple and that uh, Necho, Necho, uh, king of Egypt, he came to fight against somebody else, against Carchemish uh, and, and the, by the Euphrates. But Josiah went out. And so we see uh, this king of Egypt... Uh, he comes out to fight against this other king, and, and it's close by where Judah is. And so Josiah sees what's going on, and he rushes out. And so the king of Egypt, I'm kind of amazed at his words. Uh, look at what he says there in verse number 21. This is the ambassadors that the king of Egypt, King Necho of Egypt, had sent to Josiah. And he says, but he sent ambassadors to him, that would be Necho the king of Egypt, sent ambassadors to Josiah, and he says, what have I to do with thee, thou king of Judah? I come not against thee this day, but against the house wherewith I have war. For God commanded me to make haste, forbear thee from meddling with God, who is with me, that he destroy Thee not. So in other words, the king of Egypt is saying, listen, God sent me down here to destroy this other people. And I didn't do a whole lot of background research and in looking into that. I'm just kind of taking it at face value. But it's very interesting. Here's the king of Egypt, uh, who Egypt is a worldly country. It tent generally typifies the world. But at the same time, he says, listen, God sent me down here to destroy this other, other nation, and you need to back off. You need to stay away. This is not your fight. You need to stay out of it. That's basically what he's saying. Go with me at verse number 22. The Bible says, nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself that he might fight with him and hearkened not unto the words of Necho from the mouth of God and came to fight in the valley of Megiddo. Verse 23, And the archer shot at King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, Have me away, for I am sore wounded. And his servants therefore took him out of the chariot and put him in the second chariot that he had, and they brought him to Jerusalem, and he died and was buried in one of the sepulchers of his father. And all Jude in Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. 
We have the end of life of Josiah, and, and as you look at it, and you read that, it's quite amazing, because here the king of Egypt had come up to fight against another country, uh, another people, and here Josiah says, uh, man, I'm going to go out and, and I'm going to fight with this guy. He is bound and determined uh, to, to, to fight against the king of Egypt. And so he does so. He goes out and fights against him. And the Bible says that he's shot with an archer's arrow and he dies. And I thought, there's a pretty good example right there of our verse of what it's talking about in verse uh, 8. It says, Go not forth hastily to strive, lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof. And the king told him, Hey, you need to, my fight's not with you. I'm not interested in fighting with you. But Josiah wouldn't have anything to do with it. He wouldn't listen to it. And, and he was bound and determined to go out and to fight against uh, this king of Egypt. And so uh, as we think about this, the Bible is very clear. He says, go not forth, in Proverbs 25, 8, go not forth hastily to strive. Now, I want us to understand uh, that there is a time and there is a place to strive. I, uh, sometimes people think that Christians uh, are the kind of people that you can just walk all over and they should never care. That is not true. Uh, and so there is a balance in both of those things. But the Bible is also very clear here that, hey, don't rush in to a fight. Don't be anxious to fight. Don't be anxious to get involved in a situation. And he says, you better be careful and don't rush into something. The Bible says this in James 1.19. He says, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Sometimes that's hard for us. And sometimes we don't like to wait uh, and many times we, we want to get something accomplished, but the Bible says, hey, that we should be careful not to rush in uh, and not to go forth uh, hastily to strive. Then he goes on and he says, lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof when thy neighbor hath put thee to shame. Sometimes you'll rush into a situation and you're thinking one thing and you're thinking, man, I can't believe he did that again. My neighbor, I've told him that's not what he should do, and this and that. And, and man, you go over and you, I'm going to let him have it, and you're going to tell him what for, why he shouldn't have done that, and all of that. And you get over there, and you find out it wasn't your neighbor. It was his son's brother's friend that came over and did whatever it was that you said don't do. Don't do. And then all of a sudden you're embarrassed because you've chewed out your neighbor. And he said, oh, that was my, my cousin's friend came over, and I'm sorry he did that. I didn't realize he did that. And then you're embarrassed and, and you've just brought up a whole mess and, and, and caused a problem and, and you look like the bad guy because you hastily ran into a situation. Look at verse number 9 because he gives us a clear way to resolve it. So he says, don't rush into uh, to things. And then he says in verse number 9, he says, debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself. And discover not a secret to another. You know what he says? He says, go resolve it with your neighbor. He says, go to the person. You know, sometimes we have problems with other people. The best thing to do is to go to that person. 
and talk to that person. That's what it says. It says, debate thy cause with thy neighbor. In other words, go straight to that person and talk to them. I think that's the New Testament way as well that Jesus laid out in, in Matthew chapter number 18 and verse number 15. He says uh, in Matthew 18, 15, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. In other words, we have a responsibility. And so he says, number one, in, in verse number eight, he says, don't rush in to uh, cause all kinds of a problem and, and cause a fight. Uh, don't go in the heat of the moment, but rather set back and think about and contemplate the circumstances and, and go over with a good demeanor and, and talk with them. He says, debate thy cause. In other words, don't be afraid to bring it up. You can uh, talk to the person. You can confront the person, and you should. But listen, he puts qualifications there. He says, says, debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself. In other words, don't, don't rally up a bunch of uh, uh, people and, 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 and then finally go over to your neighbor. He says, listen, if you've got a problem with your neighbor, then go to your neighbor and discuss it. Then he goes on and he says there in verse number nine, the second phrase, he says this, and discover not a secret to another. In other words, I take that to mean don't run around town blabbing it all. If you've got an issue with your neighbor and you go to that neighbor and you try to resolve that issue, then you don't need to go to your neighbor on the other side and tell them all that this person did and to the neighbor on the other side and tell them how wicked this person is and the neighbor behind you and tell them how he's done this and that and how rotten of a neighbor he is. He said, listen, you don't need to discover the secret to everyone else. You don't have to go uh, telling everyone what the problem is. The idea is to have reconciliation. And I believe that's a New Testament principle. Now, obviously, among saved, the Bible says in Galatians chapter number 6 and verse number 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. In other words, we ought to look to try and restore people. Christians are often uh, really good at, uh, at kicking their own wounded. In other words, somebody falls into sin. Somebody messes up their life. And, and, and the first thing that everyone does is, oh, that guy, I knew he was good for nothing anyways. Oh, I knew that was coming. I saw the signs and that guy was, uh, he was problems from the beginning. And I, I knew we should have never trusted him. And, and the next thing, everyone's piling on and telling how rotten the guy is. Listen, that's not a biblical response. Our responsibility, the Bible says, is to go to such an one and try and restore him in the spirit of meekness, the Bible says, considering yourself also, lest ye also uh, would fall. And he's saying, hey, you, you ought to be careful. Don't be bragging about how spiritual wonderful you are. Uh, in the spirit of meekness, go and say, hey, brother, I'm sorry that happened. How can we help you? I'm praying for you. Hey, we want to see you back in church. We want to see uh, this situation uh, taken care of. We want to see it fixed. Uh, you think about the example in, uh, in Corinthians. We had talked about it uh, when there was the one man living in absolute wickedness, and that's the other extreme. And the church says, well, you know, that's okay. Why don't you come on in? That's acceptable. And Paul said, no, throw them out. That's not acceptable. 
uh, because it's not accept, sin is not acceptable. But listen, uh, later in 2 Corinthians, Paul says, hey, uh, you know what, that guy's been out, and, uh, and apparently he, it seems like he had gotten things right, and, and they, he said, hey, Paul was saying, bring him back in, restore him to the fellowship of the church. Why? Because that is the method that, that God has ordained from the beginning of time, to restore people. Uh, listen, but by the grace of God, there go you and I. I mean, we're not, we're, we're, every person is capable of falling. We're all uh, sinners. We all have uh, the flesh. And, and we ought to be careful that we don't uh, become high-minded and think more of ourselves, but that we would look to restore people. He goes on in verse 9, as we've already said, and he says, don't, don't share it. And boy, that's some of the first things that uh, a lot of people do is they share all the, uh, the things that are wrong and how uh, somebody else did something wrong or how somebody wronged them. And, and he says, listen, we want the idea is to resolve it. So we find here in verses 8, that do not rush in. Number 9, verse 9, to resolve situations. And then look at verse number 10. He says it's a reproach. He says, Lest he that heareth it put thee to shame, and thine infamy turn not away. In other words, if you go in verse number 8 and you rush into that situation, whatever it is, and you're like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him have it, and you just rip him up down one side down the other, and boy, in, in your flesh, you feel really good. I mean, man, I gave it to him. He really deserved it. I gave it to that fella. But then he said later, he says in verse number 10, lest he that heareth it put thee to shame, and thy infamy turn not away. In other words, you turn out as the bad guy, and you look like the bad guy. And all of a sudden, uh, you're, you're the person uh, that, that has a bad testimony and a bad name. And that's what he's saying in verse number 10. So you better be careful. Uh, certainly we could look to resolve and we could look to uh, restore and we could look to try and make amends and, and make a, a relationship uh, that would still be good and not be destroyed completely. And, and listen, uh, we do have to be careful about that. We're talking about neighborly advice. And this is good for the neighbor that lives next to you, but it's good for everybody that you come into contact with. Because remember, Jesus said uh, that everyone is our neighbor. Not only that, but look with me at verse number 17. Verse number 17, the Bible says this. So we see, strive not. We should not be known, Christians should not be known as fighters, as the per people who are the first to uh, lash out and, and cause a problem. But in verse number 17, the Bible says this. Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house lest he be weary of thee, and so hate thee. There's an interesting verse for you. Real practical application, real simple. Uh, the Bible says, Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee, and so hate thee. Uh, and so the first one I had, uh, I have strive not. The second one I have stay not. Stay not. Don't stay a long time at your neighbor's. And as you look at that verse, uh, I think there's, there's lots of practical application that you can pull out of there. Uh, number one, I think of boundaries of space. You ever had a nosy neighbor? 
I mean, uh, man, it's like they knew everything. And you're like, how does it? Every time you, yeah, you look over there, there's somebody out there watching you out the window. You know, they're just like, what are they doing now? Where are they going now? Uh, what are they doing? And, and they, they know everything. Listen, no one likes a nosy neighbor. Uh, and listen, some people have larger bubbles than others. They just do. Uh, personal bubbles and then, you know, just business life bubbles, you know, that they don't want uh, people knowing their business. And uh, I lived in South America for, for a long time, and they have no bubble. Um, I, I'm talking about personal space. I'm talking about they have no bubble. I remember one time I was standing in the mall, and, uh, and, and it was, a, it was a, a, a hallway that was from that stair thing to the pulpit there, and I'm, I'm standing right in the middle of the hall. Matter of fact, it was bigger than that because it was like in a mall where several hallways meet, so it was just one big, and I'm standing there. All by myself. I mean, there is nobody around, which was unusual. And I'm just standing there. I think I was probably waiting for Kathy or something. I'm just standing there, and, uh, and somebody comes walking by me, and I'm not kidding you, he brushed into me as he walked by. Now, we have all this space. I mean, there was nothing but, there was 10 foot of space around me. I mean, there was absolutely uh, open area everywhere, and, and it didn't. I, after I checked my pockets, of course, that's the first thing I did. I checked my pockets, and after that, I thought I just chuckled to myself. I thought I looked around, and I thought we have all this space, and that guy walked right by me and brushed into me, and and that's just kind of the proof. They're they're so used to being crammed into combies and crammed into small spaces that they're just used to being very close to people. And and even when you had 10 foot on either side of me, still ran into me. I just kind of thought it was funny because that just shows their culture and the way they are, uh, that they don't really have much of a bubble in that area. But listen, not everyone is the same as you. Uh, and some people have big bubbles and some people don't like it. I, I don't have a, such a big bubble, but some people do have big bubbles. And, uh, and, and they like their space, and they like that buffer there between them. And, and simply put, we can look at this verse, and we ought to be respectful of the boundaries of space that some neighbors have. Uh, America, many times in America, they have big bubbles. Uh, and in neighborhoods, uh, many times the idea of, of neighborly kindness has been lost because the bubble is so big that they're like, they don't even want you to know your name. Uh, they, they're just, they, they, don't, they don't want anything to be known about them at all. And, and so there is, a, that, that can go to an extreme where you can actually lose a, a neighborhood community. And I think in America, in all honesty, our, our communities have kind of fallen apart and everyone's just individual. And, and I'll be honest with you, when I came back from Peru, uh, my wife and I, we, we found it tough to figure out, well, what's the... What's the right American way and, and what's, what's not? Because we were so used to the, the Peruvian way of doing things and, and just the closeness and the warmth of the people that uh, it's a lot different. But sometimes, so many times in America, you know, you drive your car, you pull right into your garage and you don't even wave at your neighbor and, and, uh, and the door closes and you walk right in your house and, and you don't even know really what your neighbor looks like. You say, well, is, it, is that guy live there? Oh, I don't know. I know somebody lives there. I see the lights on every now and then. But it's like you don't know anything about them. But there are boundaries of space, so we should not go overboard, of course. But there is the element of friendliness that would be uh, good. But not only boundaries of space, 
but we can look at this verse, and I think there's definitely a, an issue of boundaries of time. If you ever uh, go to somebody's house, and, and, and it's very clear, the Bible says, uh, hey, set a time limit for yourself and, and get out of there. You know, I mean, uh, they might grow weary of you after a while. Maybe some won't, maybe some will, but you ought to be conscientious and aware of the fact, hey, that you're a guest in somebody else's house. I remember growing up as a kid, and, uh, and we had a neighbor friend, and he would come to our house every single day. Now, he was my friend. I didn't mind some days, but I, I have a bubble too, a little bit of a bubble, and I needed some space. And I'm like, man, uh, sometimes my mom would be like, well, where's your friend? And I'm like, I don't know. He's playing in the back room. And she's like, well, why aren't you back there? I'm like, I needed a break. <laughs> I, never, I never went to his house. He never asked me, but he was always at my house. And, uh, and, and so, uh, you know, the, that verse, I remember learning that verse a long time ago, withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee, and so hate thee. Uh, and so sometimes it's just too much, and we need to be careful about the time that we spend uh, with other people, because sometimes people do need a break, and they do, they do have a bubble. And, and I want to say this as well, as we look at this, uh, listen, God has an open invitation to his house at all times. You can't spend too much time with God. Uh, and so you don't want to reverse apply that to God. Uh, but with people, uh, just remember that, hey, uh, we do need to be careful of people's space. Look with me at the next verse. So I have, uh, I have strive not, stay not. And then in verse number 18, the Bible says this, a man that beareth false witness against his neighbor, notice that neighbor's ho- neighbor again is in here, against his neighbor is a maul and a sword and a sharp arrow. Now we, we've talked about this many a times. It comes up throughout the book of Proverbs. But uh, the idea here in, in verse number 18, it, a false witness would be to gossip or to uh, tell information that is not true as if it were true. And so that is bearing a false witness. And the Bible says it's, it's like three things. It gives us a comparison of how it is like uh, three things. He says it is a mall. Uh, now, I found it interesting. Here's, a, here's trivia for you. Ready? This is the only time the word mall shows up in the Bible. doesn't show up anywhere else in the Bible. So there you go. There's your piece of trivia for the night. Uh, what is a mall? Well, a mall is simply a hammer. Uh, it is a, it's a wooden hammer that you would use to beat things. Uh, and you would, uh, I put down here, to manipulate things. So uh, if you want this nail and you want it in a piece of wood, you're going to manipulate the nail with the hammer and you're going to pound it into that wood. You're going to maul it uh, until it goes into that wood. And, uh, and as you think about that, uh, listen, a hammer uh, is used in that way. And sometimes as you think about um, gossip or... Uh, bearing a false witness, which would be gossip. Um, bearing a false witness is an attempt sometimes to move people and manipulate people. And so we need to be careful of that. Gossip is, uh, of course, you know the illustration about gossiping and, and, uh, and, the, and the father was trying to teach his son not to gossip. And so he said, son, he said, I want you to uh, take this handful of nails and I want you to go pound them all in this board. So the son said, all right. So he took that hammer and he pounded all the nails in the board. And he said, all right. He said, that's, 
He said, now, nah, that's good. He said, every one of these nails represents gossip. And as it went out, uh, and it went to all these people, it, it just affected a lot of people. He said, now, I want you to go back, and I want you to pull all those nails out of that board. So the son said, okay. So he went back, and he pulled all the nails out of that board. He said, now, you might be able to go back and say, you're sorry if you gossip or if you bear false witness. He said, but I'll tell you what, every one of those holes is still left in that board, and they won't go away. And we do need to understand that our words and the things that we say uh, can be very damaging to other people. The Bible says it's like a mall that, would, uh, that is used to pound on things, and, and it's, uh, it can be very hurtful and damaging. It says not only that as a mall, he says as a sword. Now you know what a sword is. A sword is used to cut or to sever things. And, uh, and gossip can not only be very damaging and pound and, and cause lots of problems, uh, but listen, uh, it can also be like a sword that would sever. Gossip uh, can be used to sever ties between friends. Have you ever had a friend that uh, maybe somebody said something and, and all of a sudden that friend thought ill of you because of something else that was said to that friend that wasn't true, and, and all of a sudden you're like, man, I, I guess... I guess they're not my friend anymore. I don't know. And they're, they're severed. They're cut apart because of gossip. Not only that, but listen, gossip can, can sever people from family. Uh, I, I've seen that happen. I've seen that take place, and it's ugly, and it's, 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 it's a harsh thing when, uh, when, when, when two people part ways, and, and, uh, and maybe there's uh, some stuff there, and, and so uh, then one kid will control the, or one parent will control the kids, and, and they think completely ill of the other family, and they won't have anything to do with them, and it's, it's a sad, hurtful thing, and it's not always true that takes place, and gossip can sever families. Listen, gossip can sever people from church. Uh, seen that many times. That takes place where people hear gossip about church or about so-and-so at church or about this person or about that person, and all of a sudden they're separated from church, and, well, I'm not going back to that church. Did you hear what they did down there? And it's gossip. It's not right. And the Bible says that it's like a sword. It will sever and divide people. It will cut people. And it's very hurtful. Not only that, but listen, gossip can be used to sever people from God. And that's sad. It drives people right away from God. So we need to be careful uh, that, we don't, uh, that we don't bear false witness, that we wouldn't gossip against our neighbor or against other people. And we need to be very careful about that. It's a mole, it's a sword. Not only that, but the Bible says it's a, a sharp arrow. And every, everyone knows what an arrow is. It's uh, something that can be shot from afar. Listen, it's easy to, uh, to gossip. You don't have to be close to somebody to gossip about them. You can be a million miles away from them and still gossip about them and tell somebody else and you're shooting that person with an arrow and you're causing destruction and you're harming somebody else. And so we need to be very careful about talking about other people. And uh, I think Pastor mentioned, I've heard it many times growing up, and I think Pastor mentioned it Sunday in Sunday school, uh, if you want to talk about somebody, get on your knees and talk to God about that person. That's, that's always good. You can do that. There's no problem. 
talk to the Lord about it. Pray for that person, that God will help them, that God will strengthen them, and, 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 and call their name in prayer. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but listen, don't run around and tell other people about that person. It's, it's damaging, it's destructive, it's a sharp arrow, it's a sword, it's a maul. And so as to be good neighbors, we should not gossip about other people or bear a false witness. The psalmist put this, He said, my soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. So we need to be good neighbors. Make sure we're very careful about these three things, that we would strive not, that we would stay not, and that we would share not or spread not false rumors about other people. Listen, We don't want people to do it to us. I mean, you don't want people running around gossiping about you. You don't want somebody uh, coming and camping in your house for uh, the next three weeks unannounced. Hey, I'm going to come over for dinner, hang out for a while. You don't want... uh, uh, you don't want somebody to pick a fight with you just for uh, no reason. Hey, the Bible says, love thy neighbor as thyself. And the golden rule really is there, and that's just some practical ways in the book of Proverbs that it talks about uh, thy neighbor. So some neighborly advice uh, that hopefully is a blessing to you, encouragement, and just a reminder, really, that, uh, uh, that we need to be good neighbors. And uh, I'm sure there's a commercial, because I keep saying neighbor, and, and some radio commercial comes to mind and I can't think of it all. Uh, Like a good neighbor, that's it. State Farm is there. There you go. Free advertisement from State Farm. I knew there was a commercial. Neighbor. So neighborly advice. That's not biblical, but we want to be good neighbors uh, and be good Christians and remember that our neighbor needs the Lord and, uh, and we have an opportunity to win him if we be good neighbors and we practice these things. So I hope that's a help and a blessing to you. We'll stand to our feet. And uh, we'll say a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. God, thank you for your word that is so very practical. And God, that is so really helpful in our day-to-day life. God, it's not deep. It's not difficult. But it is something that we do need to keep in mind. God, I pray that you'd help us to be good neighbors. Help us to be Christian neighbors. And show the love of Jesus Christ to the lost and dying world. And God, maybe somebody has a difficult neighbor to live beside. That's, that's very possible, God. And help us still to be a good Christian testimony and a good Christian witness. In spite of the difficulties, help us to overcome those obstacles, Father. And we'll thank you for that. God, I pray that you would just bless each and every person. Thank you for their attentiveness and and desire, Father, to to learn your word. God, I pray that you'd bless each one. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. We'll just have a short hymn of invitation. Maybe God's spoke to your heart about something. Maybe God's put a neighbor on your heart that needs to know him, needs to be saved, and you want to pray for that neighbor.
All right, we'll bring our invitation to a close. Appreciate that. Uh, real quick, on Friday, there's the teen game night here at the church at 6 o'clock, uh, so don't forget that. And then